0: Hello and welcome back to War Stories with b Rax and Montana on this episode. I've got Montana back on here for episode 7. It's Monday, November 9th, 2020. And uh, last time Drew and I were talking, he pointed out some discrepancies in my story. So I brought him on so he can clear that up. Because I don't want my credibility to go down. <laughs> <laughs> So, what's up, man?
1: Which, uh, which discrepancies was it that
0: you... You, you said something about um, my description of when we when you took the convoy to the dam. Because remember, you were like separated from us for a long time. And uh, you went to the dam way before I flew to the dam. And so, I'd like to hear your side of that story and maybe what the fog was like before we got there... Whatever you can think of. Or even shit when we were boots. I don't care. Start wherever you want. Let's um, just talk.
1: Well, talking about going up to the dam, I don't remember shit, which is a big problem. That's why you're doing this podcast and not me. But what I remember is how uh, when we got hit by the first IED that I ever got hit by, how it didn't seem like – Um. Real, like there was a huge explosion, and the truck shakes, and but there's no like real damage or anything. So
0: what what uh, what vehicle were you in?
1: I was a big seven ton.
0: Okay, you you you're in the back, are you in the turret?
1: Beautiful, beautiful piece of machinery. But but, uh, I just remember like, oh, do we just get by an IED? Is that what that's like? You know, and it was just a small one. Little did I know that it was they're gonna get a lot worse, Mm -hmm. but. Um yeah it was just it just seems so surreal. I mean I've been preparing for it your entire life and then until it actually happens you don't, under, you don't really understand.
0: Yeah. And then um I, I know exactly what you mean.
1: There, there weren't a lot of IDs for for my convoy specifically driving, but it was uh the people that had gone earlier mm. before because there there was there's was, there was the people that left like 2 weeks before or like a month before. What was that called? Advon? The Advan, mm-hmm. and then there was the guys. That, you know, we all went to Kuwait together, right?
0: Um, I went to Kuwait at the same time you did. It was when we were at Al assad that you got peeled off. And when you explained it to me exactly. in the past, you said it was all the shit bags, so I'm a shit bag. And then you guys drove off.
1: Yes. Yes, we are shit bags. That's another thing people at home need to know. Is that i uh, a little piece of shit. So. <laughs>
0: Um, yeah, I don't know if that's true, but, um, you definitely were on, you are definitely, definitely on the that. shit list. I'd say that you're on, yeah. cause you, cause you made one comment that didn't even, you weren't even saying an insult to anybody. Do you remember what I'm talking about?
1: Yeah. Everyone was talking shit about, about our team, like our team leaders and squad leaders and stuff. Yes. And I was like, Hey guys, we should be, they don't really know what they're doing yet. They're This is their first time being leaders. And as soon as I say that, someone walks up. I think it was Trujillo, and he's like, "What the fuck, are you just said this?" Well, it was, like, we yeah. And doing. it was.
0: It was also, if I remember correctly, our squad kept getting picked to do the shit jobs because our squad leader was a lance corporal. You get what I'm saying? Like, our squad leader wasn't the same rank yeah. as the other squad leaders, so our squad got fucked, and they were looking at his rank instead of his billet. Which I ran into that problem later on, but. Uh, so yeah that's that's actually probably when you and i started actually hanging out because i remember i couldn't stand your ass when i first met you
1: no one could yeah i was like who is this motherfucker
0: because you're just overly overly um dedicated to the seniors to our seniors like physically assaulting people (laughs) you
1: know what though you always say that shit, but I was also the first one to tell them when they were wrong. True.
0: So, but you did beat up Brown. Poor Brown. I did
1: beat up Brown. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you, you, um, over like not saying someone's rank or something. I actually wasn't there for that, yeah, but no, I heard the, have, the story.
1: We, we, went, we went boot camp style. when. Oh, I know.
0: We were,
1: but, yeah. So, um, so when we show up at, so let's get a little
0: backstory here, Braxton. Mm-hmm. Okay. Go ahead, explain it. Um, so I sort of explained it in episode one and two, but Drew and I were in separate battalions at boot camp. You were, what, second? Yep. And I was third. And so we were separated by a month. And when we got to the School of Infantry... We were separated by a month again because Drew got picked up right maybe two weeks, might have been two weeks, but I was there for a month. I think you were in SAC Company for two weeks, and you got they, Alpha Company, got to 2 3 two weeks before us. I was in Breezy Bravo, and we got away with murder, (laughs) including two dudes that stole some chick's car from a a club and crashed it, knocked out power in Jacksonville, and y'all's liberty. And Alpha Company yep. got closed and mine just stayed open. <laughs> like, they're just like, whatever.
1: Yeah. <laughs> all the rumors from about Bravo Company, I just hated you guys' guts because we'd always get in trouble yeah. with like some fucking piece of shit in Bravo Company. Dude. <laughs> and then next thing you know, we're all standing in fucking information for three hours.
0: Yeah, hours. I got underage drinking. Uh, I, got, yeah. I got underage drinking and I had to go to the colonel's office and I got my ass shooting shit.
1: You mm-hmm.
0: when i was in bravo company we went out and we went anyway. to a steakhouse I'll, I'll, this is a quick one we went to a steakhouse texas roadhouse or some shit i don't know got hammered came back two of us in a, in a cab or it was just myself in a cab because they wanted to go to the triangle motor Inn and get fucking hookers and shit and i was like 19 or 18, and I was just like, oh, I don't know, guys. I think I'm just going to go back to the barracks. <laughs> that's, that's bad. <laughs> uh, so, I pull up, and the taxi cab drops me off, and Camp Guard, you remember those fuckers? They, two of them come rolling up, and one starts, we start talking, and one starts asking me questions about what it's like to be in a training company, because they were still waiting to get picked up by a training company. And the other dude walked away and called the sergeant of the guard on me, And so he came, picked me up, brought me to the colonel's office, did a breathalyzer, fucking got my liberty taken away and shit. But they didn't charge me, so that's good. Yeah, Yeah, I know. It could have been a lot worse. But as I said before, they're basically letting everybody graduate. Everybody made it through, including our buddy that popped for cocaine (laughs) that that still showed up. They just busted him down a rank and still let him come. But uh yeah, you were about to say something. What's up?
1: So the point of going through all that rigmarole of SOI is that we showed up Alpha Company showed up two weeks earlier, mm-hmm. and these guys were like sharks on seniors, <laughs> the land, all the Lance coolies that had one pump on them. They were ready to like eat us alive. And they would keep they would play like boot camp games mm-hmm. where you know, you have, like, a speck of dirt on your floor, and they just, like, trash your your room. Or, like, if you mess someone's rank up, like, everyone had to, like, do PT. Like, they just smoke you right there. And,
0: like, shoot you with BB guns. And
1: so, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Like, when we showed yeah, up, it was too. crazy,
0: but then it just immediately stopped. I do remember. Well, there were- we still got tree. Yeah, like...
1: We- think Braxton had... Huh? Braxton had his-, his daddy call.
0: That's not true. That didn't happen. The only thing that did happen was my buddy, um, some small world shit, I'm not going to say names, but I went to high school with a friend whose dad was um, a one star, two star general who actually my dad worked for. And so he called my dad into his office and chewed my dad's ass because Mark told him that some of us didn't have racks. Because not all of us had a rack. Some of us were, like, sleeping on the floor and shit, like, in different rooms. Because we were in with, like, two corporals and they kicked us out or some shit. And so my dad yep. did call and was just like, hey, I don't give a shit. My son doesn't give a shit. He wasn't complaining. But his friend's dad <laughs> is an important guy. He actually – and then he took over the first division right after that. Um. I forgot about
1: that. Yeah, he's he's
0: way up there. So, yeah, my dad got his ass chewed for our commander – Fucking up, which I don't even think that's really a fuck up. It was just, it was hectic at that time. There was a lot of bodies. We were overstaffed because we were waiting. What's up? A lot lot of hazing hazing going on, but we were also, we were overstaffed because we were waiting for the two pump chumps to, to leave, you know, like the super seniors, a couple of them stayed. Um, but I'd say 95% of them got out kind of like you and me when we stayed for a third one. Um, but, uh, yeah, so you got to the dance. We're still back at Al-Assad. You got to the FOB way before us, too, right?
1: Yeah. The first time we got shot at, too, it was, like, day day two. And we're out of patrol, and a guy pops out around the corner and just shoots a couple of sh- shots. Doesn't hit, like, not even close. just, like, oh, shit. Uh, this is real life. We got hit by an IED and got shot at, and, like, 48 hours. Not even yeah, it,
0: it actually took like me days. a long time to get shot at. It was.
1: What's another thing? Did you mention. Were you there when we went on that patrol just north? What was the north? Uh, Bonnie D. Across the bridge. Yeah. Bonnie D. Mm-hmm. What are we talking about? Where we take that. We're going down an alley and, uh, and. We got shots coming from the Palm Grove?
0: So, the my first firefight was when we were in the back of the 7 Tongue And we went down the roads, like, right up to the edge of the river. And we were in a firefight with people on the other side of the river. That was my first firefight. That's the one where Dan Barry got hit. And uh, a couple other guys got hit. Dude,
1: how do you remember all this shit? Like, you're still... Trying. I don't know.
0: I just... I, I remember... I just remember it really well. I don't know why. I always wanted to write a book, so maybe I like focused on remembering it a little bit better. But I suck ass at writing, so that never happened. But uh, yeah, me too. Yeah. So then you you melded back into the squ- or into the platoon, and we were in different squads until Riley and Chrysler got hit, and then we we became one squad. Like our two squads got split up, and some of your squad. Uh, into the other squad with my former squad leader. <laughs> and then...
1: So what did our squad
0: end up being? Um, it was McDonald was the squad leader, and then we had Washington was a fire team leader, and Nation was a fire team leader. And we had Sears, Kim, Van Leer, Torres, uh, um, might be missing some. Hughes was our cornman. Um, Kim. Kim was with us. Uh, and I think Travis. But eventually, Travis bumped See, over.
1: But So this is this is this is what I think. Why I uh, have the timeline all messed up is because I don't remember exactly who who was with us when. All I remember is. My first time I thought of, I feel like we got in a, a real shootout or at least got lots of rounds impacting around us was uh, we're walking down Bonnie through Bonnie D. We're coming. Is it a, is a foot wanted, patrol like, to, like, only? Back. A foot patrol, yeah. We're walking around and we're coming, going back south. And we're like, oh, we'll go down this alley because we never go back down here. We haven't been back down here yet. And we take like an L-shape, and behind us, it's about our, I don't know, 7 o'clock, is the palm groves, and they lead up north. We're like the edge of them. So they keep going north, so they're all behind us. And I remember all these rounds start coming down, and I can see the dust kicking up from behind me, or like the rounds are coming up from behind me, and there's rounds hitting all around me, Paulus. Paulus also got hit. looked like it hit right between his legs. So I run. I look for some cover and there's like a pile of dirt. You know, how it's just like mm-hmm, dirt mm-hmm, everywhere for some reason. Mm-hmm. A pile of dirt. Well, I see a pile of dirt and I go running and I jump over it like some Rambo shit. And that's what I was like in my mind like I'm gonna jump over this thing and that's gonna look so cool. I'm doing what they do in the action movies. And I just jump into a pile of like thorns. It was <laughs> like a bush behind it. So I'm just like, covered in, like, 30, 40 uh, thorns that are just stuck in my uniform.
0: Huh, yeah, I was not there. Um, I was, well, I Where think that my at? squad, because my patrol, what's up?
1: So this was before we,
0: yeah, here. that's definitely before, because when, when on my first patrol, which I'd already explained pretty well, is when we walked up on that dude putting in an IED, and we like his IED was like 95% done. So we just like cap or not captured it, but we like blew it up or whatever. And then the next patrol was when Riley and Kaiser got hit. So I only did two patrols in like a span of like 12 hours. And then they had to split us up because we were down to not enough guys. And you know, there's, there's one. So once the integration happened, do you remember this shit It came to me after I recorded the episode one of the posts took a sniper round. We were on the patrolling cycle, our I guess that same first one. And we went and we stormed that house. Do you remember this? And we, like, kicked down the door. And McDonald was like, United States Marines, get on the ground. He, like, yelled at them And they're all just sitting at the <laughs> yeah. dinner table, like, looking at us. But he, he said that. He, like, kicked the door open and was like, United States Marines, get on the ground. Like, some shit out of fucking Team America or something, dude. He's I think so. He's big true. now, dude. He's a big motherfucker. He was always pretty big. Um, yeah, for man. sure. We had a lot of gym rats in the squad. Including our first sergeant who just blared gospel yeah, music man. and just fucking bench-pressed like 350 pounds. You remember that guy? I can't remember his name. Um, But he, I remember him being like a psychopath.
1: Oh. It was the... um.
0: Yeah, he okay. was black. Yeah, black. I can't remember his name though, because he didn't even say goodbye to us. Like, that's that was what was kind of crazy about that deployment. Is like, our captain didn't say bye to us. Like, they just knew that we disliked them, so they just disappeared. Like, as soon as we got back, they were just gone.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I remember from First Sergeant. Is uh, I mean, you haven't gotten into it yet, but it was when.
0: Oh yeah, T- don't don't get there minutes. yet. Well, I guess we could we could kind of br- yeah. go go ahead, well, go ahead.
1: No, absolutely not. So, where are you at in your? Story um, I'm way?
0: right before the clearing operation that we did when two four came and helped us. So we got to. I mean, I'm. Okay. It's going. It's taking a a pretty good time. I'm trying to be as detailed as I can. Um, but uh, yeah, being a boot on that fog was pretty miserable, though.
1: Oh yeah, I mean we mm-hmm. talked about it last time. Maybe maybe not. But standing on posts. when did you start talking about that? Because I remember sitting on posts and being just like dead, just hours mm-hmm. and hours and hallucinating. Like I would see, I would see Oh yeah,
0: like, I mean we were. I think the like I remember the time, time we were at the fog was the worst time and. I remember, I, I brought this up in one of the episodes, but Staff Sergeant Judd, he, like, just said, like, it's it's really important to make sure that being at the FOB is better than being outside the wire. And he just, like, stared off into space. like, And I was like, I, I think I was the only one that caught it. And then as soon as we got to Iraq, I was like, this is what he was talking about. These motherfuckers won't let us sleep. All these dudes are using the showers and stuff that we're not allowed to use, and we're cleaning their shit for them. Like the I don't want to sit here and just talk shit about the officers that we served with, but on that first deployment it's very hard to. And like the officers on the other deployments, yeah, they were, you know, frustrating sometimes, but nowhere near as bad as that first one. You know what I'm saying? Like, especially our CO, because our lieutenant was pretty good. There's one time there was like one time that he really pissed us off, but I think that it was just it was a group you know, it was just a. Heat of the moment kind of thing, like two groups going against each other. You know? No, I have. That's that's before the clearing up. Hmm. Oh. Yeah, you should really watch this shit so that we know where we're at. <laughs> you're
1: fucking
0: you're fucking this all up, you fucking asshole. I don't think. All time happens. All time has already happened, bro. Um. Yeah, so I, I told the story and maybe you could elaborate on it a little bit, but I kind of I went through the play by play of how they dropped us off, we were hiding in that house. Um
1: Oh yeah, this is one of my Yeah, I know. Ideas. That's why I was one expecting one you to to jump right all, all over life. this
0: and talk about it.
1: So So if I remember correctly, what the idea was is that there had been people placed in placing IEDs along this uh this route that we, we take yep. to go up north, right? And the idea was we're going to have a bait patrol mounted. So because their MO was they would uh, they'd blow up an IED and then they would shoot some pop shots at us. Not Maybe not just some pop shots, maybe a little bit more. Like maybe try to get into a full-fledged fight, but at least some shots. So the idea was to have we would rotate squads that would hide in place. In the in the palm groves and when whenever that event happened that the ID went off on the amount of patrol um we there would be a squad there to attack attack the people that were uh, shooting um on face value when let's say that I'm not a, a captain in the United States Marine Corps right? That sounds like a really good. Well, it idea. sounded
0: like a re- it sounded like a really good idea to me because I was gone. It sounds,
1: it sounds like a like good a idea, idea to me cuz you No know
0: why? Cause... That's that's the point. It's that's what I was well, trying to say. I didn't know that you guys week. just kept doing it over and over and over again. So I like I yeah, showed up you, like it, in the middle of the night. Up,
1: right?
0: And then that was our morning patrol at like, you know, 0430 or whenever the fuck we left the wire. And so I was like, this is a pretty good idea. We could probably kill these motherfuckers.
1: Yeah. Me too. Yeah, so I, I had no idea. I dude,
0: you mentioned kind of that within the last year, I think. And I was like blown away that, that you guys had done it so many times in a row.
1: Yeah, man. That's it, it's really it's really a failure of of planning and ima- not even imagination. Oh. That's like one oh one. You you want to be a hard target. You want to be a hard target. If you're going to replace a, a track, the same you thing you did four hard.
0: times in a row. Yeah, yeah it's well. That's what yeah, I'm saying, man. Time is time is to, it's like sometimes with, with the pubs they seem to like listen to it, but other times they just did the complete opposite because they're just not creative. I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna speculate about IQ because I think that you know they were probably pretty smart guys, but it just seemed like they were just yeah. kind of naive maybe i don't know also i think a huge i think the problem was that the the fucking those two the xo and the co never left the fucking wire that's the problem yeah they weren't out there every day like we were they were out there yeah but dude still that's weird though because i'm i come from a marine family and i feel like when i talk to my dad about this stuff he like doesn't even believe me how bad it was and when I talk to other family members, they're the same practice, way. They're, like, bullshit. And then fucking
1: 83. All right. So it hadn't.
0: Oh, so you're trying to get into, like, that whole thing about the education system. Yeah.
1: Yeah, like how college is. Well,
0: I think, actually, I'd say.
1: Little background. Anyway, let's stay on point. So what I'm trying to say is that for weeks, at least two, we had just gone up and down this this fucking, this, this road and what they did intelligently, cause they actually are war fighters, these insurgents, didn't do anything for the entire week until they just got ED and then they blew a fucking truck. Yeah, it was pretty bad. Smithereens. And then they start. then they started attacking. And then we yeah I know sat there. This is a the whole and I every fucking almost every day I think about this because it's like one of the things that um, it's not a nightmare. It's like a a regret. I don't know, man, because I don't think I did anything wrong because I was so outraged at the time. Like, what the fuck? we sit sitting here our job our mission well it almost and so
0: what bothers what bothered me about it is no if we're not going to go kill these guys then why are we here and if we don't have a reason for being here then those three guys that just got killed died for absolutely no reason at all which you can you could scale it up and say the whole war was pointless but i think for us, you know, we could have killed those dudes so they could never kill any more marines again, you know. And that would have been a positive takeaway from that from that sh- situation.
1: Absolutely, man. I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, and that's why it's so aggravating is knowing that looking back on it, 2020, I don't know what I would have like there's things that I think I, I should have done, and then there's the reality of what I would have done. I mean, obviously, I mean, obviously, I didn't do what I thought I should have, which was just take anyone who wanted to, to go.
0: Well, they so they blocked the door. Like we would have had to fight our way through them. Huh? Like we, we it would have been a fist fight to get out of the house that we were in. And that's why when some of us ran up to the roof and tried to jump across the roof, but we couldn't, it was too far. So, yeah, I'm I'm with you on this, dude. I, it's it's something that bothers me a lot. Um, I mean, there's
1: just all this shit, like, I don't, I think it's like, uh, has... A D- no, D- dude, D- go D- for D- it. That's D- the point of or, this. Because like, I know,
0: just kind of tell the story. I don't really... I'm like... not the best at explaining my feelings. That's fine. Well, go for it.
1: I overshare. So I'm going to do it then. I feel like a lot of uh, my past before the Marine Corps and then na- current insecurities come from moments like that. Culmination of like, I wanted to be a Marine so bad growing up. And then I get to it and it kind of sucks. Like everyone passed boot camp, some people got held back, but basically no one got kicked out. Like it wasn't that tough. Then I go to the war, they fucking kill her. I'm a, a warfighter. I'm a I'm a warrior. I got a heart of a warrior. I'm a, I have the ethos. And then everyone in my leadership's a dipshit. We have, we have a cap. This is the like it's encapsulates the problem with the current Marine Corps, is that we have leadership to come up with a stupid idea of driving trucks full of vulnerable people, vulnerable Marines up and down a fucking road non-stop for two weeks and then guess what happens? They get blown up and killed and then the people that were in place to, to kill the bad guys didn't do it because I don't know why I want to say cowardice maybe like, I don't know, it, but it says it's one of those, uh, life altering moments in your, in time where I have a movie, you know, like this is the stuff, this is the place where heroes are made or cowards are, you know, are exposed. And we were definitely exposed and I it's had deep, I've had deep seated problems since then because of it. I just feel like, uh, if I was the man that I always envisioned that I was or wanted to be, then I would have done something that day. And I've tried to make up for it since then, but uh, the opportunity really hasn't been provided. And, and those, those type of moments kind of nothing as big happened when we went to Iraq or Afghanistan, not as big, but like, um, Substantial to, to character building, but I feel like uh, that failure just like bled into the rest of my Marine Corps experience. Like I think that's why I didn't take it seriously. Cause I just hated, I hated staff NCOs. I hated NCOs. I hated everyone that's leadership, which is why I got what NJP Article Fifteen twice, never got promoted, and I went on three deployments. You know, I don't. I just feel fucking jaded. About the whole experience, and I think it's rooted in that that event of watching three was it three Marines die, and having to go pick like see their body pieces, and the whole point was to go kill the enemy to draw out the enemy, and we didn't do it. It's just it's just fucked. We're supposed to be the best warriors on the planet. We're not. We're not the best, and it just. Kill
0: me. Yeah. I mean, I think, uh, I think my views are similar to yours. Um, the only saving grace is, is, uh, some of the stuff in Afghanistan that I got to do. Um, but yeah, I, I had the same issue and not to get ahead of us, but you know, second deployment came, I was really excited to be the fire team leaders so that that kind of shit didn't happen, you know? And then, it was like the new chain of command showed up and we're just like, oh, you guys went to Iraq? Yeah, fuck you. But <laughs> that's, that's a story for another day. But it's very um, – <laughs> it was shitty because I, I felt the same way. And you had these guys and like I've said, I have no hard feelings towards these people. It's, it's obvious now, especially in hindsight, that it was their first time in heavy combat too. It was We were all brand new. You know, like none of us had been in combat before the whole company, the whole battalion, basically, except for like some of the hard dicks, like Staff Sergeant Judd and fucking Staff Sergeant Kifu and shit, like some of the badasses, you know. I oh, know he's fucking awesome. I love that dude that so much. I'll, I'll get into him later, better. but uh, yeah, and then it and then it was like these guys there became this like negative cloud towards myself. And I'm, I think you two and like a handful of us, like we were the loose cannons. We were reckless. We were dangerous. Like we were bad or something. And so it it, like really came down to when it was time to come home and I'm getting ahead, but whatever it, when it was time to go back to, you know, Hawaii and train the boots that showed up, they were like, no, these guys are out of control. It's like out of control. Our mission was to go ambush these motherfuckers and you guys pushed out. And then you told on us and said that we're like out of control and like basically ruined our chances of getting promoted until in the future when I was allowed to be a Marine, you know what I'm saying? So not to, but that's a whole, I mean, that's fucking months yeah. away in the podcast, but it's very, it was very frustrating to have. And for me, Not that, you know, my experience is more important or anything. It was really hard just because I grew up in the Marines. So, you know, my dad was an infantryman in the reserves, and then he was an infantry officer all the way up through the battalion. And so I was going to training ops and watching them shoot night fire and stuff. You know, I was was so gung-ho, so moto. And then, you know, obviously my dad was at Quantico, at, uh, not in the headquarters Marine Corps building, but next door, I think. And he was like, I I knew exactly what was going on from fucking the day we stepped foot into Iraq until the day we stepped foot in Iraq. You know what I'm saying? And by the day America stepped foot in Iraq in 2003 until the day two, three golf stepped into Iraq. And I was getting like Battle of Fallujah happened, yeah. the big one, the second one happened in November. I enlisted in April so you know I enlisted five months later six months later and I was all about like going and kicking the shit out of these guys and the chance that the chances that we had fucking were were like stolen from us through incompetence and cowardice and it was just like I mean I guess I can kind of see their stand their stance because it it is the whole war was kind of pointless and but yeah. I'm with you, man. That's, that's not, I don't know if it's causing me as much emotional you know, issues because I feel yeah. like I approved myself yeah. later, but it's definitely one of those things where it's just like I'm frustrated because my career was temporarily stunted and I was called a loose cannon and my leadership was stripped later on for literally no reason at all in my mind. I mean, maybe there's other stuff or something, but it was definitely frustrating.
1: No, and I I get you what you're saying about like uh, making up for it, but there's so there's so many other times like I've been such a dipshit that there's so many other times that not just in combat, just in the Marine Corps in general that I feel like uh, I should have stepped up and I didn't. So to blame it on this one incident is isn't fair. And also to give them these guys some credit, like we we've been we were in some crazy shit in our first bump, So I can like, there's I felt like there was two mentalities that kind of emerged, and maybe maybe that's not how war. This isn't how warriors should think. But <clears throat> I knew after two weeks, like I'm not making. I'm not coming home. I'm dead. I'm dead already. So I'm gonna go out with a fucking bang. You know, like what's that saying about better to well there's
0: that and, but there's also the whole it's, it's better to be or... tried by 12 than carried by 6 so I was very um, once I did that start too. shooting which wasn't for a while because I haven't even gone to there in the, in the podcast um, I was very loose with it which maybe I'm a loose cannon but at the same time we're getting shot at from a building shoot at the building like what?
1: Can <laughs> you talk? Yeah, did you talk about the water? Where, 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 no, you, I haven't gone yeah, there. Yet. That's We're Christmas Day. The, the TCP. Oh, Christmas. Yeah, okay. because, so because the, the moto video, video
0: was the whole deployment. It was Can just sort do. of. Moda, I just wanted to get it Moda, out yeah. there because people, people really want, and you know, this is where I got to step it up a little bit. I just have two jobs right now, and I'm I'm working my ass off in college, but uh. People really want like pictures to go with what we're talking about. And so I think, uh, with the, the ones that aren't on YouTube yet, like, I think it's four and five and six, maybe, um, I do want to go in and really get my stupid old laptop to work and get any pictures I can and actually kind of show what I'm talking about a little bit better. Um, obviously on the podcast apps, it's very,
1: yeah,
0: it's just audio. So People seem to be all right with it. But, uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to put that video up. Because people could kind of see, they could see all the gear we're carrying. They could see how dirty everything was and how tired we were and how small we were. You know, like, fucking, that's, it's pretty ridiculous. I mean, I was already small. I was probably only 160 pounds when we left. And then I got down to I got down to 140. You had to yeah, I was one hard. five ten, 140 pounds yeah, for most of ready. that deployment, because I had really bad dysentery that I couldn't get rid of, and the dysentery was just fucking horrendous, dude. <laughs>
1: oh my god, that's thing. That's a, that's a fun story. <laughs> Are you
0: talking about the to talk to the our, bucket or anything? the burn shitters?
1: Yeah, so it would be like a fifty-five gallon drum cut in half. Plywood, have like a cardboard, um, a plywood, a plywood, uh, bathroom stall built around it, and you would sit on the plywood and then just shit into a fifty-five gallon bucket. But inside the fifty-five gallon bucket is like a 100- hundred millions people worth of shit, and there's flies everywhere. So you have you feel like flies like crawling in your butthole. Yeah, I'm they're like in your nose, play, in your, your play, mouth, in your and eyes, kind of and they're out, just like you can just feel them just out. crawling
0: around your asshole. Just like fuck my life, <laughs> like this is miserable. <laughs> yeah,
1: so there's yeah, it's to mouth disease, man. They also touch <sighs> your mouth and
0: eyes,
1: <sighs> and that's not alone. And then you be, then you get dysentery, and then be walking around shitting.
0: Yeah, because it wasn't like, ooh, ooh, I have to take a shit. It's it's really, was like, really it was like, it was like one step oh i got a shit next step too late like it's like it was like our bodies just completely stopped being able to hold anything in it was like we're just so sickly and tired and shit um that's what you read some vietnam books there's a lot of books that talk about that and they talk about how they would cut the bottom of their camis out which one of our guys did that one of the fourth platoon guys yeah he cut the he like made it like a kilt really? almost where so you could just shit right onto the street while he was walking. And there oh. yeah, there'd be people there'd be like people sitting on their front doorstep and we'd come patrolling by and then a That's marine really would just squat and just spray shit all over their fucking doorstep and then just keep walking. <laughs> not not getting out of formation at all. Like the formation wouldn't even <laughs> slow down. It's so fucked up. <laughs> hey.
1: hey to could there to their, um, you know, just help, like, give them a break, like,
0: oh, I know, but still, it's just, like,
1: just literally run to the street.
0: it's, like, just, I don't know, it's just crazy, because, like, imagine seeing that in America, like, you're sitting on your stoop, you know, and all of a sudden, somebody comes walking by and just spray shits, like, right in your front yard, and then just keeps walking, like, doesn't even look at you or talk to you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big, no, big no, dudes that look guns. different than you. White man, <laughs> the white man coming through, just shit on your d- fucking front lawn. It's like, oh my god, like Marines are not the people to send <laughs> to be friends with people. <laughs> yeah. We're we're like a we're like a pit bull that you just beat no, the definitely. shit out of, and then you let it attack an intruder in your junkyard. You know, it's not. We're not. We're not there. I don't know. The, the thing is that we're surprisingly good at being nice to people, but we're just rough around the edges, you know? Like, we really care about people. Like, the two Bronze Stars that were given out that deployment for 2-3, they they're both in Fox Company. Both of them were Marines that got shot multiple times, saving innocent civilians, women and children. None of them were saving other Marines. It was, you know, so it's not... Like I said, we're just rough around the edges. I think the average Marine is is an idealist and really believes in what we're doing and, and right and wrong and shit. I think with bad leadership like what we had, things started getting a little squirrely. People started doing some fucked up shit. But I think for the most part the average Marine isn't like that. I just wish we I wish we had Echo CO for, for that deployment.
1: Well I like to think so.
0: He won the Left Foot's Trophy, Captain Tracy. He's the like, char- he's the main character of that book, Angels of Ambar. Which, I keep bringing this up. I gotta look up the fucking author. Give me two seconds.
1: Oh, yeah?
0: It's pretty good. I, I, li- I, I read it.
1: Yeah, I've never read that. Uh... Angles Who's
0: of it? Ambar? I misspelled it. Who's it? Um, Ed... Uh, crap! What was it? Da, 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 da. Come on, Ed Darrac, D A R A C K, huh? Now, how does
1: he Who? Know about it? How does he know? He about was it?
0: embedded with Echo Company.
1: The offered Yeah,
0: like he got embedded when we were at like 29 Palms. I'm going to read the book. I could get that a little bit wrong, but he, it was known that Echo company was going to be the main effort for that deployment. So he got embedded with that company with Echo. And I'm assuming they knew that he was going to be the main effort because captain Tracy was a fucking idiot. Like our captain. We can't, I'm not, I'm not bringing it up anymore. Anyways, um,
1: yeah, it's only slander can. if
0: it's not yeah. true. That's the way the laws written, so like we're good. Yeah. <laughs> um, and if we need evidence, or uh, yeah, if we need evidence and witnesses, I'm sure we could find people to testify against that guy. Um, yeah, I That's think true. he came. He came up to my post one time on post seven. That entire deployment. And he, like, came running across the rooftop and, like, barged in like he was afraid he was going to get hit on his way over. He had earplugs in. He's just such a pussy. I'm like, dude, how are you a captain in the Marines? Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Like, I walk across this roof four times a day, and then I stand in this box all day. And when the base gets attacked, you know where I go? I walk out on that roof so I can see what the hell's going on. I don't run across like I'm afraid. I don't know it was just weird. And maybe we were just broken mentally, but I just, my mentality was like, well, if I get killed, I get killed and I don't have to worry about it. You know, like it was just sort of like, if I'm dead, then I don't have to worry about it, whatever. Then if Mm -hmm. I accidentally tag a civilian, it's like, well, if it was a little boy or girl, they're probably going to get, have bad things done to them their whole life by their male, older counterparts. Or, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was just like, they're, I haven't talked about their culture at all. This is probably the first time that we'll I've even brought it up. It. I talked about it very, very briefly, that they're different than us. Their moral system's yeah. a lot different than mm-hmm. ours, and pedophilia and rape are part of their culture. No matter what anybody says, it is part of their culture. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's into that statement.
1: <laughs> the, the, uh, a big culture shock for me was watching, like, mentally handicapped kids like just retarded kids locked, locked or just left left in the alleyways to live with a the pack of dogs
0: i mean yeah. there's that one kid that like thought he was a dog and everybody just let him you know yeah they yeah. don't well they have their they,
1: they so the i've said
0: this before and people Maybe. you i think or i've argued with people about it i think their religion causes a sort of nihilism like an artificial nihilism. Like they don't know they're nihilists. What's up? Well, we yeah, that. but I think that their their religion is that. so, they adhere to it so strongly and you could probably make a connection with like the predeterminists in, our, you know, in the American past, uh, whoever that was, the Quakers or the Puritans or whatever. But uh, it's almost like life to them is just a waste of time they're just waiting to get to the afterlife. So everything they do in this life doesn't matter. And they're also, they're like, well, my wife pissed me off. So I take her out back and I shoot her. Well, the gun went off. So obviously Allah wanted it to happen. Like they're very, it's just sort of like, Meh, every, nothing means anything. Like, like life to them. Isn't that important? Um, they care a lot more about their sons and their daughters. Like it's, it's pretty fucked up.
1: fourth Before, before Riley got hit, he told me, he told us a story about how he's, he's like watching a little kid, and the little kid like, looks at him, waves, and then runs off, and then he walks closer, and the kid is like stabbing, a kitten, with not with scissors, and then as Riley walks by, like shocked, like this kid is murdering a kitten, gruesomely, the kid looks at him and smiles, like.
0: Yeah, they're, they, um, it was all fun. Like, it was which, uh, so and so, so for that, that it's funny. like, well, there's oh, a type yeah. of person that would be like, well, that's because the war has been raging around him. It's like, well, Saddam wasn't much better. <laughs> like their, their life's been pretty fucked up for a long time. You know? <laughs> oh, it is. They're tough people, but oh, yeah. they have it's become, like I said, I think that they have just sort of become. Nihilists. I think that they honestly don't think that any of their actions matter as long as they love Allah. Because if you read the Quran, that's kind of how it's written. But I think it just justifies all their actions in their mind, you know? Well,
1: you know, I would really like to learn... I've read about three quarters of the Quran, and so I know what it
0: says. And it's not not saying much besides... Some people are good because they believe in Allah, and everybody else sucks because they don't. That's basically the whole book. <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty. I don't know. I I implore everybody listening to this to read that. Oh, that's, well,
1: that's, that's a good. That's a good religion then, because uh, it has a uh, it has. Oh, it's strong incentive to be Islamic then, which is where <clears throat> the, I think this is where. when we have arguments about this is where it Is that i don't think it's nihilism necessarily i just think it's uh it's an evolutionary strategy to like look how cohesive it is and how how easily yeah because it's it's like uh,
0: a it's like a how uh, it's like an anthill dude you got you got worker you got worker drones that have no chance of meeting a wife because only the powerful have multiple wives so you have a whole gener- you know you have generations of disenfranchised young men who when men don't have things to have sex with they well they find things to have sex with which is unfortunately not young women it's usually other stuff but then also they they fucking become super violent and they they What's spread in every violent? direction and they take what they don't have back home which is evident yeah. if you look at anything that happened in Yeah, I mean, so this is, this is yeah, but this isn't, I'm not trying to get super into this part, but this is the kind of stuff that we thought about when we were patrolling and when we were being yelled at by the generals to not change their culture. And, you know, we're sitting there and we're basically having to accept a culture that's okay with raping women and then coming home and being accused of being part of some sort of rape culture patriarchy here, you know, like, but... Like that's actually the culture that we were trying to fix and change, oh yeah,
1: it's and
0: while being told not to, but we were trying to. I don't know. There's just a lot of confusion, and at the end of the day, all that all that mattered was we were trying to make it back on that patrol. We were just trying to get to the base, and then one day we were going to get on that big plane home, and that was that was it. Like. The politics of the war. Most most people don't even think about it either. What's up?
1: Well, Brexit, I know you didn't believe that. No. Brexit, I, I wanted to kill do
0: as do many people that. as you I could because I really mission. believed in... I did too. Um, you, the mission. Yeah, I guess you could say that. But I, I believed in the big, the long war. I believed that there was a culture spreading across the world and that us being in Iraq was keeping it from coming to America and we co- keeping it coming to, well, I think in the last couple of years, we've done a little bit better, but there's definitely people seeming trying to bring that kind of stuff to Europe with the decisions that they make. Um, and they have to deal with terrible terrorist attacks now. Um, but us being, yeah, but us being there.
1: Yeah, look at France. Didn't
0: slow it down at all. And also it became, okay. So basically in my mind, I was envisioning what the generals told us. We're going to Iraq because all these jihadists are going there to fight us and have a jihad. Righteous. Cool. Two, two warring factions, whatever. But then we got there and it sort of, it became obvious that it's just the average Joe fighting us. They're just trying to get us to leave their country. They're just people. And we're not trying to change your culture but we're here. I don't. It just and everything just went out the window, and nothing made sense. None of our orders made yeah. sense. None of our mm-hmm. missions made sense. Uh, very rarely, um, but yeah, hardly. Yeah. So I don't know. We were, yeah. I
1: mean, we were That's two the, four. We two four was
0: part of the surge,
1: and the surge was basically... They it were basically the the idea. I think was. What you're going to do is you're going to either kill or take as many prisoners as possible. And then we're Which going is to kind either of what we did. And that's them what or flip them a lot of
0: IPs us. were basically giving What's up?
1: Yeah, but that caused problems later down the road.
0: Yeah, but in the long run apparently they were able to that fight that off ISIS.
1: Later down the road.
0: When ISIS came through, they never that took came. Haditha. It, the Haditha The Haditha triad didn't fall to ISIS. Everything else did. Oh, yeah, but... I don't know, man. I think that maybe removing Saddam was a mistake in the long run. I'm all for killing people, but, you know, just know that, yeah, he's a ruthless guy, but... He's in charge of a maximum security prison, you know, like the dude, you know, it's the crazy skinhead with a swastika tattoo on his eyelids. That's fucking the head of the maximum security prison. You know, it isn't the guy who's nice and wants to know everybody's name. You know, it's these, those people are hard fucking, it's like Russia, you know, like you ever met a Russian? They're fucking crazy. They'll beat the shit out of you after drinking like three glasses or three fucking bottles of vodka. And so you got to have a guy that's pretty ruthless to be in charge of a country like that so they're just different than, they're different than us
1: yeah, absolutely you i
0: Oh yeah it's, it it's a hard good hard. one Power. but
1: yeah i implore people that that don't know that Oh, the video is insane
0: go, it's amazing
1: Don't listen to it it's it's, it's it sends chills it's, down uh, my back Oh, for oh, sure. He's a Oh, he's an evil genius, man. And <clears throat> Yeah, he's an he's an evil genius. Go look it up. Basically, he uh he gets everyone that's part of the the government into a room and he's been tortured for days and the it, on the pre- pretense that he was that he was a, sub, a subversive uh Agent trying to take over the government, and they torture him and they convince. It's just a list him, of everybody in the room, people, other people that were co-conspirators. So as it's basically just a list. Of, yeah, exactly. And he just stops halfway through, and what happens is, ends up happening is that Saddam's there smoking a cigar, like just fucking chilling, while this guy's naming off names, and one by one, like he'll name a name, and then the the guards will come out and just grab this dude and bring him out. And it gets to about half the room where the this petrified dude that's been tortured just starts naming names. Guards come out and start grabbing people by their name. And as they're grabbing people, people are like standing up like Hail Saddam! Hail Saddam! All oh, hail! Like, just like, our glorious leader Saddam! And Saddam's not even, doesn't give a fuck. He's just smoking a cigar. This guy and the crowd gets crazier and crazier until it's like a, like they're all just swimming for Saddam. And until so they take the rest of the half of the people out of the room outside and they just give them guns and they say kill these people that were subversive. They and just no did a perfect at all that they were psychological yeah. nightmare. Random <laughs> people that would happen to in the room. Yeah, there's like hundreds. Of yeah, no, Iraq. The history of Iraq, like the, history of, Ira- like,
0: the history of Iraq's is pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, like, like
0: Saddam people. was part of an assassination attempt, and he got wounded by his own guy because they were on both sides of the car. They like killed the Shah or the King or whatever, and he got like lit up with a submachine gun or some shit. Like, but he he was all right. Yeah. Yeah, I know, but.
1: Yeah, that's why you don't So, all right,
0: sides. I think that's a good note. Um, we're coming up on an around. hour. So I'm going to go ahead and stop recording, but uh, thanks for listening. What's up? Hurry up!
1: Hey, Braxton. Hey, I know. Um, I just want to say, like, we need to get more. Okay, yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about in a, a second. Place. Maybe that's good. But uh, I don't know. Um, uh,
0: hopefully. Um, yeah. If you like this stuff, subscribe, share it with your friends, talk about it. Um. Let me know what you think about it in the comments if you can. And uh, have a good night. Goodbye. Goodbye.